So welcome, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Delano Podcast News. We have with us uh, one of the Delano City Council um, candidates, Veronica Vasquez. She'll be joining us here. So um, <clears throat> just like we start everybody else, we ask everybody the same thing. We're just trying to make sure we have, ask everybody the same thing, basically. And that first question is, why? Why are you running for Delano City Council? I'm running for Delano City Council because I want to give back to my community. Uh, I've been doing a lot of work in regards to molding myself to pre prepare myself for this position. I hold several different positions. Um, I'm currently a social worker with the Department of Human Services, Child Protective Services. I've been there over 13 years. But before that, when I was off at school, I, I worked in policy. I actually worked at a San Francisco senator's office at the Congressional Hispanic Caucus Institute in DC and with Alameda County. And then I came back home, started working with Child Protective Services. I've been working there over 13 years. And during that time, I've obtained other positions within Kern County. I'm currently the president of SEIU 521, local 521 for the Kern County chapter, representing over 4,500 county employees. And during that time, I've made a lot of various connections throughout the state, but also locally. I lobby from city council to um, supervisor, state assembly, Congress, and then also I'm elected as assembly district 32 delegate, that's Rudy Solis's territory. And also for the Kern County Central Committee, I'm a delegate for the Board of Supervisors District 4. So at this point, all the skills I obtained, connections I've made, I now want to give back to my community. As a, that is a long list of things you're involved in. So, I mean, um, I mean, you just, uh, well, you answer my question. I'll say, what do you currently do? You're a social worker here and you work with Child Protective Services. Um, and then you're also involved with, you say you're involved with uh, union wise, right? That's a SEIU? Correct. correct? Oh, yes. Okay. SEIU, the Kern County chapter. Yes. Our chapters, uh, our local chapters, it's, it's big. It goes from Santa Clara, Monterey, Fresno, Tulare, then to Kern. And I actually represent the second largest chapter within my local. Okay. So I mean, you're you're one of the the new candidates. So Correct. as far as everything, you're you're a newcomer. You're a challenger to all the other. There's a total of seven of you. So a total of yes. seven of you running for three spots. Now I know you talked about you do a lot of things. So I mean, just like we ask everybody, we ask everybody hard questions because people yeah. want to know. People want to know who they're going to be choosing for and make sure they make the right choice. Now, you said that you are all these things that you're involved in. And so that's why yes. we've asked some of the other candidates. We asked the school board ones the same thing. Time yes. management. Now, with the long list of things that you have, do you have the time and the energy to devote to the city council with all the everything else that you've listed? Can you provide uh, the stability to be there as a citizen lead? Yes. One thing that I, like I said, the timing for me was good timing. I have a strong team when it comes to my union. Uh, I became the president more than four years ago. We've built that up. I have a, almost a full board and my VP is amazing. But also, also we also have, my, what's different with my union is we have lots of connections. We have communication teams. We have staff. So I, I'm comfortable and confident with that. And then in regards to the ADAM, um, that's something that I already do because I'm an assembly district delegate. I already go to meetings in various towns. So it pretty much coincides with me being with city council because those are where I've made those connections is because I, I not only attend meetings here locally, 
because it's Rudy Salas's district, I attend meetings in Lamont, Arvin, Shafter, various places. And that's part of my connections that I could utilize becoming a city council member. So they overlap with each other. Okay. And uh, going off of that, I know you were one of the, uh, you were the only candidate for the last two forums that did not attend. And the reason for attending was, or for the reason not attending was, uh, I believe they said uh, due to health concerns. Is that correct? Um, I have myself and some family members have compromised immune systems. And even though the hosts were assuring me that they were going to follow guidelines and people were going to wear a mask. Um, I know they can't make people. And I know there's a couple of people that, you know, don't wear their mask properly. And, you know, they can't say nobody can bring a guest and they didn't be more people than they initially said. And I was not going to put myself in that type of situation. You know, my preference was currently what you and I are doing right now is doing some type of FaceTime, some type of Zoom. You know, that's how I've been working thus far since this um, came about in March. I'm constantly on meetings every day, all the time. If anything, I feel like I'm working more hours now than I was when I was going in the office. And that's something that I asked as an option and it wasn't given to me. So I, I was not going to put myself in that type of situation. And I mean, you can see the photos. People didn't have their mask on. And I know they want to get that photo op, but it's like you got to follow the guidelines. And the one thing currently with our city council, I mean, we just had our first PPE drive a month ago, maybe a month and a half ago. And, you know, in regards to being um, forward thinking and taking, you know, I, I just, I wasn't comfortable and confident in regards to that. So I, I chose not to. So I don't compare to some of the, uh, so the council forum was a small group of people. Everybody was spaced. Now, are you union meetings and other meetings that you attend, like uh, your job, do you commute in? Are you doing in-person when you actually do it? Everything's being telecommuted right now? Okay. Okay. Um, yes, I've, I've done numerous endorsements and they've all been uh, via Zoom. Um, like there's an Amazon one, there's Teams, uh, conference calls. Yes. So you name it, I've been doing it this entire time. Yeah, this entire time. That's good. Yeah. Well, consistent. That's good. Um, yes. You did your, uh, what is it, the uh, initial campaign um, startup, you did that in front of the cemetery? And that was kind of like that was the was it the ending? Oh, okay. That was the yeah, ending to the, the ending. opening of your announcement of your candidacy, correct? Yes, correct. We did a caravan. We started off at um, the park and then we went to um, we ended at the cemetery. Now on the cemetery, I just have a couple questions on that. What are your sure. views about cemetery and right? Because we asked uh, a couple of the, the incumbents because they're already on uh-huh. right now because of certain issues that have to do with the um, with the cemetery in the city. Because right now there's a little bit of a discrepancy as to whether or not the city is city limits, which when you okay. look at boundary wise, it is city limits. But there's been a argument that it is not. So, as part of your view, what? My question is, what is your view on that? And if you should be elected, do you see that something that you could work together? Because right now, there's a little bit of a drawback as far as the cemetery not having the proper response, not having the proper um, uh, police presence, because you can call and nobody ever shows up because it's no ordinance. Yeah, that kind of sounds similar to um, how it was for Memorial Park, because my family was involved with Little League and we were having the same issues. 
And we actually were advocating and we went to the Board of Supervisor David Couch and we also went to city council meetings to advocate for that. And eventually we started getting more police present. But the way we were able to do that, it, um, actually it was because of David Couch. So I do know that there's a cemetery board. I would want to talk to that cemetery board and definitely talk to David Couch, because uh, Supervisor David Couch, because he's the one that appoints those people and have a conversation and ask how we can work together. Because it sounds very similar to, like I said, Memorial Park, Little League, and the field is half and half. We've spoken about that and we were actually asked and they said, speak to David Couch because it's, yes. it's not a, it's not a, it's not a city issue. And actually one of the incumbents actually said, well, you're not within the city limits, your county because you're special district. So they should call the sheriff's department. So they're almost sounding like they don't want anything to really do with that. And a lot of the citizens here have, hold the cemetery near and dear to their heart because a lot of family, yeah. a lot of generations are held there. So that's why I asked that because that's kind of an issue that, that's been kind of ongoing. And I know a lot of people have issues with the cemetery um, as far as everything, but when you have lack of um, help, lack of, yeah, and that's, that's the reason why. Because I know we have MOUs because of the County line right there with our law enforcement and there's not an MOU that could be with the cemetery. I mean, because we respond, the officers respond across County Line Road. I mean, to, you know, that's Tulare County. So I don't see why it couldn't be the same, that we build that same collaboration that we built with Tulare County yeah. and how about it. That's what we're looking for. But, uh, we just keep on, it just uh, continues. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. And yeah, and I, 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 I get it in the sense of we dealt with it with the Little League. And that's something that we continuously advocated for. So I, I do understand where you're coming from, and I get what type of advocating needs to happen. But I do agree with you. A lot of it is Delano residents that are there that are visiting their loved ones. So it does make sense that we should be helping out and stepping in. So I was looking at um, throughout your, your social media, and uh, mm -hmm. I know when you did that uh, one at the um, the cemetery for that, mm -hmm. you talked about the city being. Where's my oh. Sorry, I lost a little bit. The city and the community being under attack under current situations. And I wanted to know, kind of go a little bit more in depth, because when you say attack, that's a strong word. Mm -hmm. So the city and the community being under attack, especially under the current situations, what do you mean by that? It just seems like the city council went, especially when our youth goes in and speaks their mind, they seem to get shut down, not realizing that our youth, that's our next generation that's who we're supposed to make this community positive and thrive for and they should have a voice and they don't they get shut down constantly i'm at city council meetings they come in they do their research they talk about what you know they like to see how they can work with the council and they just get shut down and it shouldn't be that way we should be working together at all levels at all ages so is and this, that's uh, is this an actual agenda item that was placed or is this public comment what do you mean well, you said oh, just in getting general. shut down. So, well, I mean, just in general, with various topics, with various things. I mean, if you've ever been to city council meetings when we were in person, you, there would be 15 to 20 youth there. They would go in and they would, you know, talk and speak their opinion and talk about their research, ask, you know, if they can work with this council, you know, various topics, they would get shut down. And that's what I'm saying. It, can't, it shouldn't be that way. We should be working together. Yeah, no, at I agree. All yeah, no, I agree. Yes. I mean, there should always take into consideration, but I, I just wanted to kind of separate because you said 
on various ones. So that's why I was asking, is it a public comment? Because, you know, public comment, according oh, to yeah. they're not allowed, they're not allowed to, yeah. to, to, uh, to comment. Well, they're, they're allowed to place it on um, our table or, or ask it to be put on a further agenda. And agenda items, if it was an actual agenda item, yes, they can speak oh, and, and do a comment on that before a decision is made. So, I mean, that's why I'm saying I just wanted to kind of uh, show where, where, where that actually was on that. It, it's both. It's public and it's agenda. It's items that have been pulled off the agenda and comments that have been made. So it's a variety. So, I mean, your slogan, your slogan is working for the people with the people. And a lot of people have different slogans. Uh you have change can't wait, Delano strong, continue the progress from the Valley for the Valley of other challenges that are other candidates that you're running against. Uh, explain your slogan. Tell us why you chose working for the people with the people. Because I'm a social worker and that's what I do. When I work with families, when I work with people, it's not me going and saying this is the way it needs to be. It's me meeting them where they're at and working with them. And that's what I do when I go to these committee meetings and you know whether it's a town hall whether it's a forum it's working together and it's working with the people and hearing from them and getting their ideas and trying to work together and that's what i've been doing as a social worker i've been as a social worker at least 15 plus years 13 here and then i did it when i was in um graduate and undergraduate one of the biggest ones that we talked about it's been on it was both on i was on both forums and then we've asked all the candidates during their individual interviews was their views on defunding the police because you have a majority of the candidates, especially the incumbents, are for, or, or sorry, not for, sorry, against defunding the police in any way. Because a comment that was brought by one of the challengers was, "This is this is not a Delano problem." So, what are your views on that? Because it does bring a little bit of a point that it's really not a Delano problem. Because I don't, we don't really see that type of nationwide issue here in our local community. I think when it comes down to it, it's just allocating money properly. The one thing that I can say that I would I would say that I'm different from other candidates as a social worker and as an investigator, emergency response social worker, I actually would do home calls with law enforcement. And the unit that I used to work in as an investigator, I worked Delano, Wasco, Shafter, Lost Hills, McFarland, Button Willow, uh, Rosedale, the 1214, and Woody. So I worked with a variety of law enforcement officers. And the one thing that I noticed is when I was able to respond to a call, not only with law enforcement, because there are times I would have to go with code enforcement, animal control, a public health nurse, a family advocate, and not all communities had those resources. And the way I see it when working with law enforcement, I wanna make sure that we have all the necessary resources to help the community. Because if we don't, we're doing them a disservice. So that's how I see it in regards to law enforcement, because so they have their and so when I would go out there and we would investigate together, they would investigate the criminal aspect. I would investigate, investigate the abuse and neglect aspect, child abuse and neglect. And we had our specialties. So that's how I see it. Just making sure that we have the appropriate resources, whether it's law enforcement or any resource. So just gap, allocating the money so that it works well for the community. Just service them. That's how so, I see things. The initial, the initial question is, do you support the defunding of the police? Yes or no? Defunding the police, I, there's no, I, I, our law enforcement needs to get funded. That's just it. My thing is allocating the funds properly. I don't so, want to give more to one program than to another program. I want to make sure we give enough funds to provide adequate services. That is my answer. So deeper going into that, because just clarification on that, 
define how you would allocate it correctly. What is, in your view, correct allocation of all total funds when it comes to a police department? And that's what I would want to see, what funding we have. Can we bring in social workers? You know, we have the CSO officers. Can we get more of those? Those are non-sworn officers. Can we get more code enforcement? Those are non-sworn, but they work at the police department. I want to make sure that we're allocating funds properly. Dispatchers, they're not they're not part of the police union, but they, they're part of the city employees, but they work at the police department. That's what I mean by funding. Do we have enough people to service the community when it comes to funding? Between, uh, so police officers are their own union and city workers, which are right. dispatchers, are their own union. So wouldn't crossing those be a violation of an MOU? Or wouldn't that cause issues between the two MOUs? No, I'm just saying allocate funds properly. I'm just saying allocate funds properly amongst everybody. Not funding more one than the other, allocating properly so that we have the resources necessary. That's what I'm saying. I'm not trying to cross any MOUs. I'm not trying to have anybody work at a classification. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm saying is I want to look at the funds and make sure that we have enough to provide enough officers and enough dispatchers or whatever else we need within the community to provide adequate services. Okay. Bringing into that uh, finances. So how a lot of people talked about a lot of ones, we questions at both forums as well as the individual interviews is improving the city finances. So, that's one big thing because we want to see the city grow. We want to see yes. more businesses come in. We want to see housing come in. What, what are, what is your plan? So if I, if I were to say, here's a five-year plan, tell me your five-year plan. In regards to housing, I agree. We need housing. The one thing that I noticed as a social worker working here is a lot of times families would end up leaving this community because they couldn't afford it because it was too expensive to live here. And we do have limited housing. And looking at housing, the one thing that I would, would want to look at is what is the medium income here so that we can bring in housing where our community can afford to buy housing and to rent housing. It doesn't have to be only low income. It could be, you know, um, homes, but what can our community afford? Because right now the cost of living here is more than it is in Bakersfield. And a lot of our people are leaving to Bakersfield. So yes, I would want to see more housing and more businesses and actually, you know, how about downtown? You know, uh, see our downtown thrive more. And that's one of the things that looking into is what type of grants and programs do we have to help out downtown? So my five-year plan would be to do that and also to bring in youth programs because we need a variety of youth programs. Go ahead. Yeah. So when we talk about downtown, we've looked into a lot of what we've asked and we've tried to actually research how downtown actually works. and. There's actually been numerous grants and numerous programs made available to downtown, but then you also got to take into account that a lot of the owners of those downtown properties, it's all leased, it does not actually have money that stays in Delano. A lot of those owners don't even live in Delano. They live out of town. And the city has done efforts to offer incentives to beautify and improve Fascias, everything in front of the city, but none of it or hardly very little of it was actually allocated for that. They, they didn't actually take advantage of that. So, I mean, revitalizing downtown, you go to what, Visalia, Hanford, even uh, Porterville. I mean, Porterville's, they have a lot. And so does Visalia. So, it looks like something you would go downtown or in Burbank uh, as far as uh, something really nice. Uh, but here, it's kind of a stalemate and all that. 
I mean, you said bring in vitalization. How would you go about that with the current situation that we have with none of the business owners here actually live here that actually own the properties? Because that's what it comes down to. I mean, if the property owner is going to say, no, well, I'm, I'm not living here. Why am I going to put forward that money? Because then uh, mm-hmm. that could possibly raise rent because there's going to be added costs. And the owner has got to take care of that. I mean, they can't just give away. Yeah. So, I mean, how would you combat that? I would look into a committee. I mean, we have our chamber of commerce here and committees get developed to, to, so things can happen because it's not going to be one person. It's not going to be just city council. It's going to be a committee. And that's the one thing that I've worked on numerous times is various committees to see something happen and actually bring in the community to help out with that. Because at the end of the day, I mean, the community, it's all the community people who are shopping downtown and want to, you know, the, I've heard it numerous times, can downtown look better? And if we can do a town hall with those owners, but actually making that effort and putting it out there, to me, it's always worth the try. Until I've been told no several times and, and we've brought in the community together, that's the one thing that I've done over and over again. I've been told it can't happen, it can happen. But as long as I continue to work and work with people, sometimes miracles do happen and it does happen. Water issues is a, a big one that everybody talks about. Yes. We live in an agricultural community. And yes. we know it's going to be a constant thing. Do you think that's something that's possible? Some say it is. Some say it won't be in our lifetime because it's just too much too done. Too much has been done already to really have water bottle quality. Almost. So what is your stance on the Delano water issues? With the Delano water issue, I seeked out an endorsement from the Community Water Center Action Fund. And the reason that I did that is because I found out that this group actually helps elected officials look for grants, seek grants to help out with water. That's their main focus in rural areas. And one of the, and the reason that I did that is because the last couple of years I've been attending um, meetings with, uh, and I want to make sure I get this name right, uh, the Department of Toxic, Toxic Substance Control that has been coming to the city of Delano. And I don't know if you remember with Chinatown, uh, Block H, they've been pumping in there because of the toxins in the ground. And in 2018, they came and they had a town hall here and not too many people were there, which I was surprised. And then they had an unfortunate death in their organization and then COVID happened. But recently they had a meeting, a Zoom meeting, and they're supposed to have another one at the end of elections to talk about how they're gonna, uh, how they're investing money that they do have an interest in helping Delano and that it's going to take a couple of years. So following that and paying attention to that and then working with the nonprofit that can actually, their sole purpose is to help elected officials find grants and funds. That's how I would want to address that issue. And to be honest, even if I don't get elected, and that's what I, I said during my entire campaign, I don't have to be an elected official for me to continue to do my advocacy work and bring bring resources to the community. I mean, that, that's just my sole purpose of what I want to do to help back my community. So even if I don't get elected, I'm still going to attend these meetings like I've been. I'm still going to, you know, whatever friends or resources they have, refer to my peer who does win. Because at the end of the day, this is the, the betterment of the, for the community. So, I mean, we ask, <clears throat> we've been trying to ask every candidate a tough, controversial question. And we've done okay. research on every every candidate. And one thing that we saw that popped out a little bit was a petition that you have on your Facebook and on, on everything that you were pushing for was, was for Delano District Skilled Nursing Facility. Yes. 
And yes. can you explain why you were for, or why you kind of helped out with that petition on there? Uh, yes, uh, SEIU 2015, it's Delano Skilled Nursing staff. And they, uh, when they were having, um, there's so many acronyms, <laughs> a picket. I can't remember the, the, the what type of picket. And I, and I know have a lot of family and friends. My grandmother used to be at Delano Scope Nursing, and I was wondering what was going on. Speaking to them, they were wanting community support with that petition because they were having issues in regards to the PPE, mandatory overtime, not getting paid, and they were um, negotiating the contract. But I'm happy to hear that they finally got a contract after a couple of years. And the one thing that I do understand is worker rights and labor rights, and I wanted to support those workers. Um, many of them remembered me from when my grandmother used to live there. She lived there at least eight, eight to ten, I want to say eight to nine years. Um, so that's the reason that I was supporting them, because I understand how difficult it is to negotiate and to get workers' rights, and especially during COVID-19, you know, them having to be there and, you know, not feeling as though they have the adequate proper PPE and reusing it. That's a serious issue. And then they're actually helping and taking care of our most vulnerable in the community. So that's the reason that I got involved with that because I'm very pro-worker, pro-labor. And I just wanted to um, support my union brothers and sisters. But like I said, I'm happy to hear that they they signed their contract. So yeah. that's great. Yeah, no, we, 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 we got notification because we, we followed up with it and we were asking some information just to kind of see. Because, I mean, we, yes. we know skilled nursing it's a it's a lot of people go to that because it's actually known as one of the better facilities as opposed to the other i won't name who it is but as to the other facility it's been almost i'd say it would probably have negative stars if possible uh and one thing that i wanted to ask you is because that petition we asked to see that petition um, because there were claims about fraudulent um, names on that and I was surprised to see some names on there and I actually text messaged some of those people and I say, Hey, saw your name on this petition. And it was like, well, the person doesn't even live here and the person doesn't even have an email that's anywhere close to that. So, I mean, when it came to fraudulent petitions and fraudulent signatures and emails that were used on that, I mean, you're a union person. So, yes. I mean, how, was that uh, just was that by the organizer that was put there or maybe trolls or something online that could probably cause that it could have been either way because it was a, a link petition so i don't know how that could have happened anybody i guess could have did it because it wasn't a written petition it was a link petition it was a link petition yeah all right well um yeah like you said i'm, I'm happy that they got their yes. negotiation, I mean, you know, negotiation, because we were asking, I was like, well, has this been going on for a long time? And they're like, well, it's just, they, here's the offer they brought to us. We countered and we went back and we made a decision. So, I mean, that was really good. We were happy to see that that happened on there. And um, just going forward from that, they also, if you know, they're part of the Special Districts Association of California. So... I wanted to kind of circle back to the cemetery issue on that because when you see, and this is probably more for the public to really see about this, is they're a special district. So technically they're governed by the county, which in their case is South Kern or North Kern and South Tulare. So you're bordering two different counties that are part of this district, but it resides within the city limits. 
You're talking about the cemetery or the skilled no, no, I'm nursing? About the, 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 well, I'm talking about both because of the um, North Korean South Hillary Hospital, Hospital District is kind of okay. resides on both because they're part of special district, but okay. they're within city limits. And yes. opinion-wise, doesn't that technically fall under the same uh, argument that they're having out at the cemetery? Because the spe- skilled nursing is a special district, but yet they are in city limits, just like the cemetery is in city limits, and yeah. they don't see any less reduction in police policing, police response, staff. Anything that happens there, they get just like anybody else. They and get response right away. Yeah, they do. They get response right away, but yeah. yet other ones, again, they get no response. So, uh, yeah, that is. I mean, as a potential candidate that could be elected into the city council, do you see this as an argumentable issue that can be resolved? I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I agree with you that the cemetery needs more attention yeah, and that law enforcement. It's so hard. Because no a, a lot of people live out there. And um, I, I thought I saw recently that the hours have changed because of situations that have been occurring out there. So I, I, that's yeah. going to have a lot of people. That was on the last agenda, and they talked about it. It will be a um, issue that's going to be brought up again this coming Thursday, which depending on when you see this podcast, it might be a different day. Um, but okay. uh, October meeting, that'd be better. Um, because that's the issue out there. Is there's no, pol- there's yeah. not enough police presence. There's not enough city or police support. So how else do they have, what other choice do they have but to kind of reduce the hours and reduce the time just to kind of combat the issues and the problems that occur after hours and over the weekend? Because, you know, it's a district cemetery. There's only so much funds. So much percentage actually comes from the actual property tax, which is actually less than a penny per each property. So, I mean, when you figure that out, it's, well, it's 7% of 7 cents on the dollar, I think is what it is. But it, um, it's a big issue. And like we have, there's like no support for any of that. And that's disappointing to hear, to be honest with you. It, yeah, it is disappointing. Yeah, yeah it's it really, really, really disappointing on that. But, uh, and, and I understand have, the perspective. I, I do. Yeah. And um, that place is near and dear to many people's hearts. Um, I will say most likely I would advocate <laughs> for changes to be made. Um, and like I said, I don't have to be on the city council to mobilize people, to inform them, to let them know what's going on. And that's, that's what it comes down to. When people really care about something, they're going to vocalize, you know, and they're going to, they're going to, you know, put out their sentiments, you know, in regards to that. And it, it doesn't take much for a parole office, uh, um, excuse me, uh, an officer just to parole the area, just to have that visibility. I mean, cause it seems like that, that's the minimal that could at least be done, you know, just, can you drive by there every hour? Just to make sure, you know, just to drive through, that's it. Just for the visibility. You know, there could be simple solutions that could be made that are low cost or no cost. So the last question before we give a little bit of closing statement to you or for you. Uh, Endorsements wise, we've seen your endorsements. uh, Very few or if one, I believe, is only just a local endorsement. Now, when I see endorsements, I want to see local endorsements. And the only really big endorsements that I've seen are the School Teachers Association, which is Duesta from the elementary districts, which they've endorsed other candidates, and DPOA. They've endorsed their, the candidates that they choose for that. Now, you weren't one of them, 
But do you have any <coughs> comment as to maybe why they didn't choose you as far as that or any of the local um, organizations as far as not choosing you as a, or not endorsing you, I should say? I would say I had the school win, the, the school endorsement, that's local. But actually every union that I have or any every organization that I have actually has Delano voters that are part of their organization. So when it comes to SEI local, local 521, they have members here. They probably have more members here than the police department does. Um, I have the National Association of Social Workers. I have the United Farm Workers, um, the healthcare workers. They have people that live here in Delano. Um, and then also the Smart Sheet Metal Air Rail Transportation. And then the Central Labor Council. And the Central Labor, Count, Central Labor Council from Kern, Mono, Inno, that's all the unions of unions, and they have members that are here. So actually, my endorsements do have Delano Boulders. Okay. And I can't answer in regards to the police department. It's like any endorsement. You know, they, they can choose and they do their vetting. And, you know, congratulations to those that did receive that endorsement. Okay. Yeah. And uh, last thing would be, do you have any closing remarks, any closing statements you'd like to say? Um, I would say that everybody that's running, all seven candidates, have their skill sets and their strengths, and they all will bring something to the table. I hope that today and throughout looking at my website, looking at my Facebook, and watching this podcast and the current Soul News Forum that's going to be coming up, that I will be your vote on November 3rd with my skill set that I have. I bring a different type of skill set, and because I'm in, I know how to work with people and in involved with many organizations, I can collaborate and I, you know, make connections at the local county state level. And those are the type of resources that I want to bring to the city of Delano. And just thank you today for having me. Yeah. Um, I just have one more comment. I just thought of it right now <laughs> because you, you actually brought it up and <laughs> okay. there's, I mean, we're going to have a, this is uh, three seats that are available on a five seat city council. Yeah. So yes. there's going to be, possible shift in a new council because there could be three new seats. There could be a mix of an incumbent and challengers that get elected. Now, yeah. sometimes there's clashes. It happens in all boards, all city council members. So now when it comes to certain issues, do you, you see that, are you going to be a team player? Do you see yourself able to collaborate and push past any um, how should I say it? Any, um, any maybe disagreements that you have and maybe look at a different outcome to maybe, because ultimately the, um, decisions you make on the council are for the people of Delano and for the citizens. So, I mean, putting aside any personal agendas, any type of personal, um, views that you have, can you collaborate with whoever the council becomes after this election? Absolutely. Uh, and I, I go back to my union because my union, we are half and half when it comes to political parties. But my chapter has thrived because we stick to the issues and the topics that benefit our membership. And they have helped me and mold me. I mean, not that I wasn't a team player, but I, I bring them up a lot because I appreciate the growth that I've had with them. And that growth I can use, utilize being on the city council working with anybody. Right. Well, um, I'm trying to think and don't want to forget anything because it's actually one of the shorter podcasts versus everybody. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's your last 
And I get yeah, it. That's the last one. I was like, I'm trying to remember everything I asked everybody. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah. Break. <laughs> Uh, there's a couple of local local things that we talked about with everybody and was brought up on the forums also was um, the city's sanctuary city state or sanctuary mm-hmm. city decision. Um, yes. Can you comment on that decision? Do you support us being a sanctuary city? Pretty much what we did is it was already for the state. It was just more comfort for the community to do that. That's how I see it. It was just to bring more comfort. Yeah, I mean, we asked some of the other candidates too. Some of yeah. the ones actually on the the council or the incumbents. I was like, did did it actually help any? Because it's if California is already a sanctuary state, what is making the city, which is still under the county, still under the state, did that really make any difference? Why is legally because uh, sanctuary city? If uh, I'm trying to remember the exact on it, it's to. It's kind of like a safe haven almost, if you would, basically, right? Yeah, but I think with what they wanted to do also, it was to do um, educational. They wanted to, you know, be able to leave literature at different places within the community. You know, what do you do if you are approached? Here's the literature or, you know, um, like a little business card or something like that so that they had educational stuff also around the community. Like I said, it was more just to provide um, comfort to those community members that it impacted and to provide the education. One issue that that brings to, to mind on that is how, when you choose, when you, when you vote on a, a sanctuary city mm-hmm. to, to become a sanctuary city, where do you draw the line between just law or laws, actual laws that where federal and state's going to still override city. I mean, a federal comes in, what is the city really going to do? The city and the local police uh, still don't have a jurisdiction over federal. This federal is going to override them. So Correct. when you think about things like that, does it? Do you think of it as also maybe protecting or hurting law-abiding citizens versus protecting felons? Because but the thing that, is that you understand that, but most community people don't know that. They think that our local law enforcement, that's part of their job, and it's not. And by bringing in that sanctuary city statement, it lets them know that they're not going to participate. But either way, they couldn't because it's federal. So you understand that. You understand it at a higher level than most people do. Because yeah, we, that, we brought that question to the chief. I think we had on a past, previous, before the, the sanctuary city because he was doing the Residence Academy. I don't know if you heard about the Residence Academy that the city does. And that explains a lot. So when you talk about education, seeing the city or seeing the police department actually do that education for the people would have been more, I hate to say, I probably lose people on this, but it'd be more, it's more beneficial to learn that way straight from the police and actually understand by going through that process, which they offer in English and in Spanish. And, no, I agree with that. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to remember what are the hours for our workers at times. They're going in early, getting out late. You know, that's great to have those programs. I, I want to see them continue to have those programs. But in the reality, not too many folks can attend those programs. But the ones that do, you know, hopefully they're taking it and they're sharing it with their family and friends on what they've learned. And, you know, that, that word of mouth, you know, could also be helpful. 
But like I said, you're a lot more versed and educated in that aspect. I can already tell by the way you stated it compared to most of our people here in Delano that are not, you know, they, they wouldn't be able to explain or, or understand the difference. One of the issues have. that was brought on that by one of the incumbents that we interviewed was that we lost federal funding and that we lost local businesses, local revenue because of that sanctuary city. Do you believe that was a cause? Do you believe us being a sanctuary city caused businesses to leave? Do you think we lost federal funding or any state funding because of that choice? Was it written? Was that written somewhere or was a statement made? see it written. I'm just I mean, going off a comment from someone it. because they comment yeah, that. We haven't been able to verify it yet, but I mean, yeah. it was a comment that was made. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even want to touch that comment unless it's, I, I've heard it from a business person. Or I heard it from somebody or it's written down. Um, I, I, that's just, um, that, that's a bold comment to make with, without any evidence, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to make such a bold comment like that unless there's, there's substance to it. All right. Well, I mean, I think, uh, I think we've asked just about everything. No. Sorry, one more thing. I had it on my head. Didn't write it down. <laughs> going back and forth. Uh, going back to the police thing, because um, I know there was issues on the uh, cameras. Do you? How are you in favor as to all the cameras that you're now seeing around? Which there are more coming soon. Mm-hmm. They're going to have more. And uh, we've talked to police department. We've talked to some of the people there, and 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 they say it's been great because they've seen a reduction in crime, as well okay. as a uh, faster response in time. And as far as cameras, do you have any issues with the cameras? Do you, are you in favor? Are you against us having those cameras right now? I would say I would want to educate myself in regards to what you just told me, you know, what are the pros and the cons, if any, that's what I would want to do before making any type of further decisions on that. Because if what you're saying is true, then that means it's been beneficial. But I would like to see that, you know, exactly talking to the chief and, you know, seeing the stats or seeing, you know, because I'm pretty sure they have that and they're following through with the pros and cons of it. Because at the end of the day, it's it's, going to benefit the community at the end to make it safer, ultimately. All right. Well, I uh, think that does here. Finally, it is last one. I think I went through everything we were going to ask and uh, I thank I you for it. coming on to this episode or coming on to the podcast and doing this episode with us. And we'll, it'll be out soon. Uh, those who will catch it will be on online on uh, Facebook, uh, Apple Podcasts. For those that want to listen in their cars, it'll be on the audio version, Apple Podcasts, Delano Podcast News. And again, thank you. Thank you for joining us thank today you. and uh, yeah. good luck this November. Thank you. You have a nice evening. Right. You too.